You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media and DraftKings Sportsbook. There's a good amount to talk about today, you know, with, with OTAs kind of in full swing with NFL teams. I feel like there's always early narratives that kind of come about. And I've noticed for one of them, it's about Jameis Winston, but I don't think it's the narrative that people should be talking about. It's the negative side of it, the noticeable limp in quotes. I'm sure if you're a Saints fan, you've probably at least once over the last 10 days seen an article that says, in quotes, Jameis Winston working through noticeable limp or something of that sort. And while he is working through a limp, no one's denying that. I think there is too much negative talk being had about Jameis Winston and and what might be of that injury and whether or not he'll be ready for week one when I actually don't think it's that big of a deal. I'll explain uh, in just a little bit. The Buccaneers got a little bit stronger, but more importantly, they got a little bit feistier. And I think that's a good thing because it makes this NFC South rivalry even more intriguing. They sign Akeem Hicks. I'll talk about Akeem Hicks there and why that might actually open up the door for the Saints to maybe get a defensive tackle of their own if they feel like they need one. And then I want to talk about Chris Olave. I think Chris Olave is one of those guys that we all have sky-high expectations for him, right? But what if we should probably recalibrate our expectations in a good way? We'll talk about that uh, as well. But before I get into all of that on the Straight Up Saints podcast, I briefly want to tell you about a really, really good deal that DraftKings Sportsbook has brewing for you guys in the month of June. With UFC 275 coming up very soon, you could step into the octagon with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. So what you can do at UFC 25, you can bet $5 on any match, how the fight ends, uh, who's going to outright win it, and if you win, you get $150 uh, in free bets Instantly, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. And I don't know about you guys, but personally, I'm looking forward to the main event with Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prohaska. And I think that's going to be a really, really fun one. I've had actually, you know, in terms of watching UFC with my friends, a pleasure watching Glover's kind of career arc so far. And I think that's going to be an absolute awesome bout between those two in the main event. So what you guys can do is draft, uh, download DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code BOOT and again, throw down $5 on any UFC 275 bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's code BOOT for DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, as always, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Minimum $5 deposit required for more restrictions and rules Go see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Now, it is a really, really fun start to, I don't know, does summer actually start in June? I probably should have known this before I start asking, but it seems like it does. And I just feel like we're in such a fun period right now as a whole, you know, because from the football side of it, things are ramping up. OTAs are in play. And before you know it, minicamp's going to come around and, and fans will be invited to that. And the great thing about minicamp is it is mandatory. So all the players who aren't competing right now that Saints fans want to know about, you'll see them in action soon enough this month. So that's awesome. Even away from the football field. I mean, there's so much to do. I mean, last week alone, and I feel like it's been like a week since I've gone on here and talked to you guys, but you know, even just off the football field, I don't know if you guys saw Top Gun Maverick. That was phenomenal. I don't know if you guys are watching Stranger Things, but I am absolutely loving this season, which is a little unfair. I love every Stranger Things season. I'm like that guy 
who usually doesn't have anything negative to say about the show. I mean, I have th negative things to say about a lot of shows, but this isn't one of them. I've always just adored the show. So for me, I'm just sitting here eating my popcorn, enjoying Stranger Things season four. You know, my Star Wars fans, Obi-Wan Kenobi's been great so far. Episode three actually drops, and I will be watching it right after I finish recording this. Uh, so, you know, I'll probably tweet my thoughts out there in, in a little bit. But it's just been a really fun start to June. Football so side of it, you know, you have you have obviously great content coming out in terms of entertainment. But the football side of it is also starting to get a little frustrating. And the reason I say that is we know that Jameis Winston is already competing, right? He was throwing in OTAs and... I took that as a good thing, right? Jameis Winston, six months removed from surgery, seven months removed from tearing his ACL. He's out there. He's competing. He's getting in reps. I see that as a really good thing. But the main story you're hearing this week, and you heard it last week, is that he's walking with a noticeable limp. And while it is obviously not what you want to hear, what did we expect? Because A, like I said, six months removed from surgery, B, competing with a brace on that I'm pretty sure he hasn't had on at any point in his NFL career, at least that bulky of a knee brace. It takes some time to really deal with it. Joe Burrow dealt with it last year. Took some time for him to kind of shed it off. It's not going to be a one-day fix in terms of him feeling like his knee is back to where it used to be or better, right? But it was May, in the middle of May when he was practicing. You're not worrying about whether or not he's starting till September 11th. That's a big deal. That's a really big gap. You know, if we get into August and Jameis Winston's still limping around, let's have the discussion. Is he ready to play week one? Is he, you know, not recovering the right way? But no, it was the middle of May, which means he's got June to make a recovery. He's got July to make a recovery. And by the end of July, training camp rolls around and I think he'll be ready. So I do think that it shouldn't be. Jameis Winston walking with noticeable limp, it should be Jameis Winston already getting in reps with teammates six months after ACL surgery because I think that's what's important. He knows his body better than anyone else in terms of whether or not he feels like he's pushing it too much. If he can push it more, he'll figure it out. And the Saints will figure it out because the Saints aren't going to let him overwork himself in the early months of May and June, no. But he is getting in that work. And what I don't get is why we're still doing this and having this conversation about whether or not he's going to be ready, I remember last year Dak Prescott was limping, right? And Dak, I love Dak Prescott, by the way. I think he's a fine quarterback, a fine guy. His injury was worse. And he was dealing with the same kind of issues. And I don't I don't remember the, the, the discourse about, hey, you know, do we need to get a replacement in for Dak? Like, he might not be ready. No, it's like Dak is limping, but he's the quarterback of the Cowboys. He got paid his fine. But then I got to wake up on a Monday and I got to see Colin Coward talking about, and I know you guys love Colin Coward. Obviously you don't. Him talking about the Saints are the perfect spot for Baker Mayfield. That would have been a really good take. In March, like the first week of March, it would have been okay. Acceptable to say it. But it is now June 1st. I don't see how, under any circumstance, the New Orleans Saints would make a move where they're like, hey, yeah, we got to bring in Baker Mayfield. Because the Saints have told us again and again, and maybe you don't like it, or maybe you don't want to hear it, or maybe you think it's not juicy enough. They are telling you Jameis Winston starting in 2022. The minute they left the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, they got left out of it, and he went to Cleveland. And by the way, I've said time and time again, thank God. Uh, you know, if people aren't paying attention to the Deshaun news, it keeps getting worse. 
they have told you with their moves, right? They paid James Winston. They gave him the two-year deal, incentive-based, a lot of it, but obviously a, a, a raise in pay, base pay, uh, rightfully uh, deserved. They go out, and they get Chris Olave, and they get Trevor Penning. Could have taken quarterbacks, didn't do it. In the second round, still could have taken a quarterback, didn't do it. They take Alante Taylor. And they go sign Jarvis Landry. And they go sign Tyron Matthew. And they're making all these moves to win right now. But you want me to believe that while they're making these moves to win right now, they're still sitting there in the back room going, I don't know if we could win with this guy. And the reason I say win with this guy, win and not win because of this guy, is I think it's very important when we talk about Jameis Winston, we talk about the New Orleans Saints. The Saints might very well win games because of Jameis this year. We do not know. But I know for a fact that at the very least they could win games with Jameis Winston because that's what they did last year. Five and two. And with Baker Mayfield, it's important to remember, I don't think football teams will win games because of Baker Mayfield. I think they can win games with Baker Mayfield. Cleveland Browns did it two years ago. I don't think they can win games because of Baker. So if we're going to throw out a name that we want to say, oh, so the Saints, you know, the perfect spot for him. He could play quarterback there. Can we pick someone that we know is definitively better than Jameis Winston? And the reason I say that is I think right now, Jameis and Baker are kind of in that same tier. I think you can win double-digit games with either quarterback, right? But right now, as currently constructed, you're doing a lot of the work and you're telling him, make the plays that are there. Now, with Jameis, there is more upside, right? That's why I think there's always the caveat to him that it might not just be win with. There might be some games you win because of. I don't really get that sense with Baker Mayfield. Doesn't mean he's not a starter in this NFL because he absolutely is in my mind. He's one of 32, but... I don't see him as some upgrade over Jameis Winston in the slightest. And you can't even use really the age thing, right? Because I think that's the big thing. You know, age is always a factor when you're talking about quarterbacks and whatnot. But Jameis Winston is 28. Baker Mayfield is 27. So the age thing is off the table, right? Because they're pretty much the same freaking age, even though Jameis has much more experience. The upside would go to Jameis. And knowing the system would also go to Jameis. And I think that's an important part of it too, right? And I know it's weird that I'm going to use this episode to kind of just slam dunk on Colin Coward's theory, but again, the Saints have shown us they think they can compete in the NFC. And honestly, I don't blame them when you look around the conference. So you're telling me they're starting quarterback for a team that they believe can compete and contend. He's not in the building yet, and he's going to come in and learn the playbook in June, July, and hopefully he's ready by, by September. Come on. We, got, we have to do better. And I think what's really important, this isn't even just a knock on Jameis Winston when they do this shit. It's almost like they forget that the Saints signed Andy Dalton. And I'm not saying Andy Dalton should stop you from going out for a quarterback, right? That's not what I'm saying. But Andy Dalton has been a starting quarterback in this league. A, a fine starting quarterback in this league. Like a guy who has made three Pro Bowls fine in this league. Okay? And when the Saints sign Andy Dalton, you know what they're telling you? They're telling you, if Jameis has to miss time, if Jameis isn't ready for week one, he's going to be the guy that is starting. So all this talk about who might come in, why the Saints are the perfect fit for X, Y, and Z, enough. Enough. It's if for 2022, at least 2022, Jameis Winston's going to get a chance to run the show. And if Jameis Winston's not able to run the show because he is hurt, Andy Dalton will run the show. And that is that for this season. You want to talk about what the Saints might go after, whether it's a draft, free agency in 2023, let's do it. But let's wait till the end of February to do that, and let's not talk about that in the middle of May and early June when we just don't know. But what I do know is this. It's going to be Jameis Winston's team for 2022. 
and that is final. So any worry about the knee, I don't think it is. I think he will be ready for week one. And at this point, it's all about taking those next steps, right? And I think when people come out and they start talking about whether or not people are ready and, and, and going to start in week one, always consider the most reliable source or the source closest to the situation. And when Dennis Allen comes out and says, I think he's looked good. I think he's made a lot of progress. We still have ways to go for him to get ready, but we like the progress he's making. I'd rather listen to that than the doomsday scenario stuff about, hey, he's limping around. Like, I'll take the coach's word for it, and we'll go from there. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm kind of done with this whole Jameis limping thing. If we get into late July and it's the same thing, let's talk about it. But it's not. It's June 1st. Let's relax. Please. Please. Let's just relax. So the second thing I wanted to talk about on this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast is Akeem Hicks. He's going to the Bucks, And that's that type of deal that you're like, oh, well, the Bucks got better. And they did. I do think that Akeem Hicks will actually help out this team by a pretty good margin. But... It's interesting. Like, that opens the door for Ndamukong and Sue to go elsewhere. And I still think Ndamukong and Sue has another good year or two left of football. Obviously, I think he needs to scale it back on the snaps that he's going to take because he is older. And I don't know if he can be out there for as much as he used to be. But he's still a fine football player. But more importantly, and I think the juicier part, Akeem Hicks has maybe been the most spiteful ex-Saints player that we've seen, right? Like, anytime Akeem Hicks plays the Saints... You know he's going in with an added edge. You know he wants to take off. Well, at the time, it was Drew Brees' head. Because, man, when he used to hit Drew Brees, it looked like he was trying to decapitate him. And I think that for the Saints, does this change much? No, I think that, you know, Akeem Hicks and Dominic and Sue, that same idea, you know they're going to have that defensive line beefed up. It adds to the intrigue, though, because I think for the Saints Bucks, there's been so much fire already between the two sides. Now you're adding a guy who doesn't need any added motivation to play the Saints. It's all internal. I think that makes it even more interesting. So when I saw that deal go down, the first thought in my head was like, okay, the Saints and Bucks, it's always been an entertaining rivalry. And obviously we've been enjoying it more than they have because the Saints have been having success, but it really does add another layer of intrigue to it. And I think it also opens the door for the Saints which is interesting enough. And that would also add another layer of intrigue to it. We're like Shrek right now layering stuff. What if Nadama Kinsu is looking around and he thinks the Saints are an ideal fit and the Saints are like, hey, we need another defensive tackle. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Like I knew, I know the Saints brought in Jordan Jackson. I know the Saints brought in Katavia Street and they might be the answers. So maybe they don't. Maybe they don't need Nadama Kinsu. But it does bring up that possibility because... Ndamukong and Sue, who at this point, yeah, he's 35. I get that. He's running out of suitors, right? Like, I think, you know, Bucks are obviously out of the market. You bring in Akeem Hicks, you're dumb in Ndamukong and Sue. The Browns, who have been rumored to him, they're out of the race now, according to reports from 24-7 Sports. How about the Raiders? They've been mentioned, but that seems to be dying down a little bit. We know the Saints have had interest in Ndamukong and Sue in the past. It didn't work out. It went to the Rams, and we know the rest is history. But if you're the Saints and you're like, hey, it's not going to cost us that much, and I don't think it will. And it's only going to be a one-year deal. I think it is interesting. I'm not saying the Saints have to go get Ndamukong and Sue. I want to make that very clear. But if they do feel like their defensive line needs a little bit more work and they can beef up that defensive tackle position, why not get a guy who, A, knows the NFC South like the back of his hand, B, knows the Bucs system pretty well. Remember, the Bucs head coach now is Todd Bowles, right? 
He worked under Todd Bowles' defense for a long time. Now he knows what to expect. That would be help for the Saints. And C, he's still a good football player. Like, he is still a solid football player. And I think for the Saints, you can never have enough of them. And for this defense, if they're going to be, again, a top 10 unit, I think it's important to beef up that depth. And adding a guy who last year had 27 tackles, 13 QB hits, and six sacks, I think that's a pretty good uh, addition, if you would, to that defensive line. Again, one year, don't think it would cost that much. And I think it would be interesting. So we'll see what kind of happens there. The last thing I wanted to talk about today is Chris Olave, man. And I think with Chris Olave, we know he's going to be good, right? Like, and I know people are like, oh, you can't say that. Like, I think there are certain receivers that come into the NFL and they get it because they're so polished already that, yeah, they are learning on the fly, but they know so much that they're able to learn on the fly and still produce at a high level. We've seen it with Justin Jefferson. We've seen it with Devontae Smith. And I think Chris Olave is next in that mold of, you are, you are really polished, and you're going to get it. And I think the reason I mentioned Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith, you know, in the eyes of many, is dealing with, like, an uncertain quarterback situation, right? Because is Jalen Hurts the answer? Is he the future? No one really knows. They're figuring out that now. Devontae Smith is a rookie, though. 64 catches, over 900 yards, five touchdowns. And I always thought that was my baseline for Chris Olave. I always thought that's, like, the number that he can hit, and I think he can hit well, Okay. But when Jeff Ireland starts coming out and saying that he reminds him of Marvin Harrison because he's silky smooth and effortless in his play and they have the same body type and when they're running fast, they could turn it on and run 4-3. I'm like, okay, if we're talking Marvin Harrison now, then I'm expecting Chris Olave to actually maybe even pass those numbers that I set out for him. Because Marvin Harrison, one of the best to ever do it. you know, And, and obviously at his peak, you're talking about a guy who gets 1,600, 1,700 yards in a single season. I think for Chris, this is just, again, just a cherry on top of what we already expect to be a damn good football player. And it should excite you even more than you already probably are. So if he's coming out, Jeff Ireland, and saying that he sees a guy like Marvin Harrison, I'm all the way in. I was all the way in beforehand, but now I'm rebuying more chips and I'm throwing those also to the center of the table and I'm all in on Chris Olave. Like, I think for him, if Michael Thomas is healthy, if Jarvis Landry is healthy, you're not going to really be able to neutralize all of them. And I think if you're going to pick one, if healthy, Michael Thomas is probably the guy you're trying to neutralize. And I think for Chris Olave, his speed matched with Jameis Winston's arm. I think that's a, a match made in heaven, at least for this season. And when Jameis and, and Chris Olave are already talking about being on the same page or getting towards being on the same page in June, or at that time in May, I should say, that's just good news for the Saints. So I do have high expectations for Chris Olave. I do think that Chris Olave is going to get around, or at least prior to those talks, 65 catches, 900-something yards, a couple of touchdowns. But now I'm like, I think he can go over 1,000. And I know it's weird to kind of use someone else's words as a reason for why you would have added confidence. But all off-field stuff aside, Marvin Harrison is one of the best I've ever seen do it. And when he's getting comparisons to Marvin Harrison from a guy who drafted him, not a not a random analyst, not me, the guy who was in the room vouching to draft him, I think that speaks volumes about the type of player the Saints got, and I'm very, very excited to see what Chris Olave does in the black and gold. And you guys can see what Chris Olave does in the black and gold in the month of June. Again, like I said, minicamp opening up to Saints fans, which is pretty damn awesome. So if you guys are in the area, you should definitely take advantage of that and go watch some Saints football. But that's going to do it, guys, for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to thank you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, you know, 
We'll see what happens over the next couple of days. I know OTAs is getting back into it on Thursday is the open media practice. So we'll hear more a little bit then who's doing well, who's rising up the ranks, who needs to step it up. Um, but until then, a lot of eyes on Jameis Winston, his situation, some eyes on Chris Olave, how the rookie's looking. And we'll see. Will Michael Thomas show up for minicamp? That'd be damn awesome if he's out there on the field. He's obviously at the facility now, just not working through it yet due to injury. But still a lot of ways to go. I think the Saints will be just fine. Again, it's only June 1st. We'll see what happens. But until then, guys, stay tuned and stay plugged in on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Huda Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.